Let me tell you about my Astro Boy. Let me tell you about my anime. <laughs> That's a life with Ui I would see. Dad, you just don't get the Japanimation. Where's my mangas? Dad, I want a headband so I can become Hokage. I don't want you reading that trash, Louie. <laughs> and rot your brain. You'll never be the next Hokage, Louie. <laughs> Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the animated podcast about real cartoons. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. And hey, I'm Rory. Hey. And, hey. you know, we, uh, we, we've, been, we've been doing this show for a little while, and now we're in a new season, and it's kind of like... It's kind of like, you know, we picked up and we're like three brothers and we just moved to a new town and we're starting at a new school. We get to just kind of reinvent our identities, you know? We get to have our debuts all over again. Hey, hey, what's the the same, what's the, uh, what do we have in common with that cast iron pot? <laughs> what that do we, we have in just got a do... new season. We got a new seasoning. <laughs> Look, I started this that's whole the, uh, the, yeah. high school theme and now you're making it like kitchenware and I don't well, really we're appreciate it. To... We're going. We're going to Kitchen High School. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. We're going to Culinary High School. We're going to meet a lot of really uptight cook, chef, teens, cook chefs, cook chefs. Uh, yeah. Uh, we do themes. It's it's a thing that we do. It's mostly... just a fun little goof we do between friends. <laughs> What's a goof between friends? What's no, just a little uh... goof between friends? A little goose between the legs, just to kick things off a little bit. <laughs> Uh, we need to. We need to kind of. You know, some people might be listening to this for the first time. Let's kind of cover, like, you know, what's different that's about this an season. That's an incredibly optimistic opinion. But yeah, let's let's uh, let's go through it as if we have somehow attracted new people. <laughs> <laughs> so pulled them so into our to, orbit. <laughs> we used to watch. Uh, we used to watch. So we watch cartoons on this podcast, and we talk about them in a very a very humorous way because we're funny boys right off the cuff. Right off that cuff, we're funny. And we do uh, have that was a great example. interplay back and forth, like we're all good old chums. Yeah, yeah, like like those Stat Statler and Waldorf's, just just some just some guys and just riffing along with each other. And Rory, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we we used to watch three cartoons at once, and we would just watch them until we got bored of them. And it was uh, too many cartoons. Yeah, what were we cartoons. just watching? We were watching uh, Sailor Moon, a whole good deal, a lot of Sailor Moon. Yeah, we watched forty, 40 episodes of Sailor Moon. Hey, if that sounds like your bag, you should. Go go back and start at episode six of our podcast i do believe and blast right on through that but it like we said it was a lot we watched sailor moon we watched uh cyber six and we watched the wild west cowboys of moon mesa and so we just finished season two with what with those shows yeah we had a whole new deal before that even like we covered a lot of ground Mm mm-hmm and it was fun it was a lot of fun We, we we learned a lot and now we're changing some things up this time around and we're making a leaner meaner little casserole of a show I'm trying to bring this back to the chef high school. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah. We're Forks Bachelor. <laughs> and we're uh, a B minus. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a real B minus. That's what I give it today. Um, now, uh, this this time around, we've, we're we're doing kind of a uh, an arc format for season three, and so we're we're gonna pick pairs of shows, just two shows to watch, and we're not gonna watch them forever. We're gonna watch them for a limited amount of time, and then swap it up. And the hope is that we pick pairs of shows that kind of dovetail with each other in some way. You hey, know, that's, Andy, that's a are hope. we still doing special episodes too? Boy, howdy, are we? About every month or so-ish, give or take, we will do, uh, as we have always done, a one-off episode on a show that we probably don't think we want to watch more than one episode worth uh, and get a fun guest on. And, you know, they're they're sort of easy to, to listen to out of order or whatever. But uh, yeah, they're, they're a way to dip our toes into a cartoon when it's just way too hot to the touch. When so it's, hot. It's, when it doesn't have the sort of, you know, that sort of warm bathwater you just want to relax in it's just yeah if we don't feel like maybe there's uh a lot of grist for the mill with a uh, maybe eight episodes of rude dog and the dweebs then you know <laughs> we'd have to have to do fewer than that i want to say that that's not a promise that we're doing a rude dog and the dweebs special no uh, nor is it a promise we will and nor is it a promise that we will do less than eight of them <laughs> <laughs> the die has been cast so anyway, welcome to our very first arc of season three. We're calling this one Super Kids. So this is Super, Super Kids. Kids episode one. And what are we watching for this? We're watching Astro Boy. Uh, and which Astro Boy are we watching, Andy? Uh, well, contrary to what I said last time, we are doing the 80s Astro Boy because the 60s Astro Boy was not as interesting as we expected. Uh, but we're doing 80s Astro Boy. And then Rory, what are the other? what's the other show we're doing? Powerpuff Girls, dude. Uh, which version of the Powerpuff Girls are we watching, Andy? The only one that matters. <laughs> the actual fucking original 1990, what, six, oh, eight? Oh, wow. Cuss words. And there goes our any shot we had at, <laughs> at getting off the blacklist, getting <laughs> we, off the idea. <laughs> we, just, we just lost all the moms and eight-year-olds. They're gone. The moms the listeners are out have closed their computers. They're very Boy, those, upset. Those rude dudes. Those... And maybe, maybe you know, it doesn't have to just be moms. It could be prudish dads. Prudish people of all kinds. We just lost them. They're gone forever. Yeah. They can't hear a cuss. <laughs> they can't hear but one cuss. So <laughs> we are, yeah, we thought we thought it would be fun to do Astro Boy and Powerpuff Girls together because they're both about, uh, I guess, created super children. R- round-edged little children <laughs> fighting crime. <laughs> and if that sounds like a flimsy excuse for why we're watching these two together, we'll get used to that because they're probably all going to be really flimsy excuses for art. Well, you but... know what? That's not the only thing they ha- they share besides an animation style and, uh, and a childlike whimsy. And sort of a... They... Uh... A weird scientific empty nest syndrome. Uh huh. Yeah, scientific <laughs> empty nest is a very big part of it. Very. Uh, shit. I mean, we've been talking a bunch. I think we get into the meat of it right now. Let's 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 let's. What I'm kind not... of meat are we cooking? Yeah. In we... what? What's your class? What? What's your first class, Andy? Uh, the I'm first class goose, is called uh, Goose is... Cooking One Hundred and One. Yeah, the essentials of goose. The essentials of goose. <laughs> You know what the name of the professor is teaching it? The chef professor? What? Uh, their name is Astro Boy Episode 1. <laughs> I give that a B minus, too. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. That's the class bell. Uh, that that means we're late for class. We've we've gone into 
class with our professor chef, Astro Boy <laughs> Episode 1. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting down now for a good class, a good lesson about uh, goose cooking, uh, but specifically about a- Astro Boy Episode 1, The Birth <laughs> of Astro Boy. Uh, now, before and we... maybe a bit of like weapon metaphors, too. You know, oh, for, yeah. for uh-huh. some possible nuclear situation, maybe. Military-industrial complex 101. Mm-hmm. You never know. Are we saying that, there, are you saying that, you know, maybe Japan has a few... Uh, axes late, to grind? Late, uh, a few axes to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it might some be a little bit of a stretch. Some kind of trauma from, from an event. Yeah. So, let's talk about Astro Boy um, and the creation of this... Uh, intellectual property in general because uh yes please astro boy was created in the 50s i believe yeah as a, as a initially, manga as a manga by uh dr osamu tezuka now for all of our i know we were we were thinking about for to onboard all of our of, <laughs> of our new our new fans here at this at saturday Morning tuesdays we've got this fun little thing we do where when andy talks about <laughs> animes and manga we really give it to him we really make sure he feels unappreciated for his for his contributions here at Saturday Morning Tuesday. So <laughs> while we will be watching a, a dubbed anime called Astro Boy, Andy will still be penalized when he brings up anime and manga. So proceed, proceed. Knowing, with caution. Knowing, proceed <laughs> <Yeah>. with caution. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I'm always uh, uh, you know, a hair's breadth away. So tell us about tell us about that thing. Yeah, Andy, do you want to tell us about Osama <laughs> Tezuka? Sure. About the revered so, Dr. Tezuka? <laughs> So, Osamu Tezuka, uh, many people kind of consider him something like uh, a Japanese Walt Disney to some degree. Uh, He's been called the godfather of manga, and in many ways, he really sparked Japanese comics as they are still today. Uh, He he was like one of the first people to... Even the weird ones. Even the (laughs) weird ones. Definitely one of the first creators to use like sort of uh, more modern cinematography in his art. Uh, his his art was less like, uh, you know, sort of watching a play from the from head on and a lot more dynamic sort of, you know, camera angles, if you will. And uh, he highlighted the action a lot more. Uh, yeah, he, he made the big eyes happen. The anime big eyes. It's, it's Osama Tezuka. He, yeah. he made everything in anime the way it is right now. I mean, it That's all owes dude. something to him. Right. Uh, the robot craze, like everything starts with Astro Boy, uh, pretty much. Yeah. And when he created Astro Boy around the 50s, obviously the feelings in Japan were, you know, complicated. Uh, you know, this is this is pretty fresh after the end of World War Two. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have is this character who is a robot boy who is a weapon. I mean, he's a he's a essentially an incredible weapon of mass destruction but (laughs) but he's so darn cute (laughs) (laughs) he's so darn cute so you know the um i'm basing this on absolutely nothing but just just intuition just like the best opinions right (laughs) yeah just like all the best opinions on the internet and from white male (laughs) podcasters um (laughs) basing it on pretty much nothing but uh I do feel it's interesting when you think about what the escapist element is or or is supposed to be. You know, this is a, a fun, fun power fantasy for boys, you know, um, or an escapist fantasy entertainment. But, 
you know, for him being a weapon is, of mass that, destruction. Yeah, it is not that. It's it is it has no it has no real sense of him being a escapist power fantasy for for disenfranchised little whiteies or in this case little Japanese boys. It is he is he is Astro Boy is is a is a weapon. He he deals with it constantly. Uh, he hates himself. He hates his father for rejecting him. It is you do not envy the position that this character is in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and so, but it, so it's an interesting place there. I mean, it, it is also that he is a weapon with a soul, you know, with a, yeah. with a heart, with the innocence of a child. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't overstate this. He's just so darn cute. He's so he's darn cute. So dang he's cute. so darn cute. And there's there's any number of things that we could waste time on talking about the whole cuteness culture over in Japan. It's really starting mm-hmm. to form at this time. And the way that they sort of process ideas through, you know, the the lens of of cute little uh, idol characters and all this stuff, you know, it all starts around this time, too. It's a strangely like uh, infantilized kind of art style as well in this show. It did also come from Disney and from. Absolutely. You know, I mean, this yeah. was not created in a vacuum, obviously. No, no, no. But uh, it's it's really interesting. It's interesting in a in a cultural standpoint. I totally agree. Uh, but of course, you know, I'm not terribly qualified to talk about it at length. But it's it's cool to go back and, and look at something like this, especially like this 80s remake is a beautiful color remake that we watched of a black and white 60s cartoon that was right. pretty mm-hmm. groundbreaking. And now it's um, not like a remaster. It's like a full. It's fully. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, completely different. Recreated. Yeah. Uh, barring a couple things. But they were. Very, they were very faithful to uh, to certain character designs, yeah. um, even ones that I would say had become dated by the time it was the eighties. Mm-hmm, for um, sure, a sort of uh, abstract, abstract cartoon figures that are you know completely outside the realm of human possibility. Yeah, it um, also does remind you that you're watching a Tezuka cartoon because he does yeah. like have those those very pronounced physical attributes. And those and those character designs are really part of what made it feel so Looney Tune at first. Mm-hmm, they play right. with it a lot more, but it, it does have that sort of like, yeah, it harkens back to the 40s and 50s of of these of these oblong yeah. monster peoples. <laughs> <laughs> but we should probably start talking about the episode that we watched because it was yeah. actually two episodes that got crunched into one. Not unlike oh. the Sailor Moon finale that we just uh, watched a, couple, a week or two ago. So. Uh, there's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a summary for this episode? Without further ado, everybody, Astro Boy Episode 1, The Birth of Astro Boy. Dr. Boynton, the Minister of Science and Technology, <laughs> can't seem to successfully activate his new humanoid robot, and the Prime Minister is losing faith in the project. Engrossed in his work, Boynton cancels his plans with his young son, Toby, but hoped to go to an amusement park together. Toby takes a robot car home by himself and dies in a tragic accident. A grieving Boynton, ignoring the orders of his superiors, turns his robot into a boy robot and replaces his son. And thus, Astro Boy is born. Yeah, if you didn't think they were going to ice a child in the first, like, few minutes, (laughs) uh, you're wrong. Of course, I think there's a buffer here, though, because there's a reasonable expectation anybody seeing this would know that Boynton's son dies. It's not... It's not a sort of uh, hard left turn for a lot of people, I would guess. That I, That's true. I mean, yeah. anyone watching the 80s version, I mean, you know, Astro Boy is huge at this time, yeah, especially in exactly. Japan. But even even in America, like it came over, they aired like 100 episodes of Astro Boy in the 60s. Like it's part of the culture. Oh, yeah. When it yeah. works, it works. 
I I mean, I would assume that, you know, if I had known nothing, I might have thought that he would have been like made like a cyborg, you know, like sure. oh, he's or, yeah, got a human brain or a uh, human heart. Like they would have pulled out his guts. Died of, you know, whooping cough or something that you can just show him in bed, you know, sure. Kind of yeah. Becoming <laughs> becoming more and more infirm but no he just gets he just gets iced right away in a car he accident. gets in that elon musk car and it uses now the... in in the 60s version this is a much clearer analogy for the sort of failing of the techno utopia that we typically imagined in mm-hmm. 50s in 50s sci-fi yeah uh, mm-hmm. he's in this robot his magic robot car um the the uh the highway is so perfected that you basically just get in your car and press go and the cars go the right speed. They're all equidistant from each other. It's it's pretty much plug and play until there is an accident, and that and that it sort of sets up the dynamic for uh, the opinion of the work, and also the fact that technology generally cannot be trusted, and it's sure. technology. But that, that was not the opinion in the fifties. The opinion was no. We we are we are we are traveling headlong into a techno you know a technologic utopia. Right, but it was technology that killed his son, and it's. In a way, it's technology that is bringing him back. Yeah, there's certain. Yeah, <laughs> it's technology that killed our son. And uh, yeah, and uh, that has you know some some obvious level you know some surface level allegories. Right. Um, it's also neglect that killed the son too. <laughs> well, and something that that I find interesting is that the like his whole deal is that he's bringing his son back. And we kind of buy it, right? Like we buy that Astro Boy is sort of like Toby. And uh, in the end, it's not. He made a totally new It's a totally new person. person. Right. Yeah, there's not. He didn't use his memories. But, he didn't use his brain so or his heart. In the 80s one, there's a very funny little gag early on. Um, well, I guess there's two little gags. One is one is um, uh, they're talking about ways to make a new robot, right? And yes, this is before a, the son has died. Before mm-hmm. the son has died, and the, and the character says, "Well, we are in a kids' cartoon," yeah, um, <laughs> which is 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 pretty funny well, and shows a, a level of self awareness not a lot of shows in the eighties had. Yeah, they bring it up because they're saying, "Well, why don't we just make a boy robot?" Like they're struggling to make a regular. Oh, robot. I thought that happened after. Okay, yeah, yeah. So no. so this boy robot line is very weird and funny, and in yeah. the in the in the the translation of it, there is an assumption here, not that necessarily they were making on a girl robot, but that the boy was much more important than the form, like a humanoid form. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like the concept of a boy robot is somehow different than any <laughs> other type of robot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are, there, there's some fun, there's some fun, like, uh, there's some fun sci-fi reading out there for those who want to explore, like, gender theory through the lens of, like, AI creation and robotics is... Is out yeah. there, um, sure, but but the implication here is not that they were failing to create a ro- a girl robot and had never even considered a boy robot. But <laughs> I think they mean a person. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to make a a larger sort of old like Metropolis style robot, um, uh-huh. and then you know somebody pitches a boy robot, and, like that's it, that's the huge. That's it, a boy, boy robot, robot, a boy robot, <laughs> like a boy robot. It is a kids' cartoon after all. Oh, and boy. then, uh, yeah, that little meta moment. And then that's when immediately after they're excited about the idea of making a boy robot. And then his actual boy, his son, is like, you said you were going to go play with me. And him and his little dog jump. Um, 
and they don't jump. The dog's name is Jump. I want to be very clear yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Good, good, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, the dog's name is Jump. It's I like it when dogs have odd names. It's endearing. Uh, there's a there's a really good moment. Um, as you know, like we said, uh, Toby drives off in this car, upset that his dad's not playing with him. Yeah, and it's a robot car, but he does drive it. And they say that yeah. he, he didn't know how to drive. <laughs> and, fucking, yeah, that's a change in this one. Dr. Boynton is on the phone with someone who has let him know that his son drove off in a car. And he says, what? <laughs> Don't you know a little boy can't drive a robot car? <laughs> it's just a really, a really yeah, satisfying which is, line. It's a, it's a funny little bleak line. And it, and, it, and it highlights the difference between this show and the 60s one, where in the 60s, it was perfectly normal for this little boy to be driving a car. Yeah. And in the 80s, they said, wait a second. Maybe <laughs> not. <on> a minute. <laughs> we got to put those youngins should, in their place. Maybe he should have some agency in, in leading to this death. Yeah, going to lead to little kids with like alphabet blocks strapped to their shoes, <laughs> trying to like, you know, hit the clutch in their dad's pickup. Uh, going yeah. in the garage so he he goes in a really creepy direction and by he I mean Dr. Boynton because he immediately sort of is like back at his uh, his science lab and is like no this isn't a weapon I'm building it's my son Evil this is yeah. my son <laughs> it's like this is this is like 30,000 red flags all rolled into one you know what the biggest yeah. red flag was though when he had the robot like the framework of the robot, and then he pulled a pile of skin out of his out of his briefcase. <laughs> yeah, the pile of skin was very crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was nuts. But so everybody in this is sort of like it's kind of got this, this sort of fast talking screwball comedy style to it, mm-hmm. right. which starts to sort of get a little, I don't know, just just odd when when it when we when we start dealing with these with with you know the loss of a child and de- and, and the severe depression it's just yeah they didn't Ab- cover Ab- that Abbott and costello riff it, riffing <laughs> about like their yeah their <laughs> terrible lives this crippling depression version of Abbott and costello <laughs> yeah definitely uh but yeah so after after some amount of time has passed a year probably i think uh the minister wants or the Prime Minister wants to pull the plug on this robot project, mm-hmm. and uh, Doctor Boynton has full on fa- fallen into into Doctor Madness, and and he believes he's creating his son. So he sneaks in in the dead of night one night and um, walks out with the it ro- up. He Frankenstein's it up. He well, I think it's kind of cool because they knew that they hadn't completed this project fully, and that does come into play later. He doesn't have some sort of like. Uh, magical revelation that allows him to complete the project. Astro Boy does have some flaws, yeah, because he wasn't finished. <laughs> right, <laughs> one done, he wasn't done cooking. Yeah, and you know he turns it on, and and immediately he's like, "Call me dad," and all the other scientists are just watching him in horror. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wrote this down because again, I'm ta- you have to remember there's a sort of like a little bit of like a fast talking screwball vibe going on, <laughs> and, uh, and Astro Boy wakes up and he and Doctor Boynton says, "You're gonna live with me and be my son." Yes, sir. Call me father. I'll teach you everything. <laughs> I'll teach you everything a boy needs to know, like how to fly and have emotions. <laughs> and uh, just the the order that he's that he listed those things is basically all you need to know about how far gone this guy is. Yeah. To everybody else, this story is a horror movie. A hundred percent. You know, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> 
he the, he wakes up like a like a literal baby, right? Like he's he's wobbling on his little baby legs and falling down. Yeah, uh, right on that. Tush. This is not a, this is not a, a robot that has come into the world with a sort of like full sense of of self. It is, and yet still has a full weapon capabilities. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a baby with full weapon capabilities. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Hooray. Um, and that's what takes us to like a fun montage of boy pranks and sort of <laughs> growing up business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of gags you would expect when you have it's when raising basically raising Superman as a baby, right? He breaks yeah. breaks stuff and kind of yeah, gags he doesn't about know his own strength, it. but he doesn't know his own strength. But there is a sort of fun playfulness they have with I would say his gaining sentience and intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. So at the same time of him doing those like you know breaking stuff on accident stuff he's he's having moments of self-realization classic kind of little jokes like you know say thank you when he said or what is it do you remember how the joke goes in this one uh, say you're sorry say you're sorry and he says you're sorry yeah <laughs> it, it's it's exactly what you would expect but it's funny in con i found it funny in contrast to him also like he is apologizing for smashing the window with his super strength mm-hmm so that's when it's time for Astro Boy to go out and save the day. So there's a big bat tank that's going around, <laughs> uh, blowing stuff up. I guess was was his father in the tank? I was trying to. Yeah, his no. father and like another scientist oh, were trying to find Astro Boy because he'd like run off. He'd malfunctioned. He'd flown off. Yeah. He'd like gone all red eyed, spooky, and he'd flown off. Oh, and, that's right. And it uh, happened kind of randomly. Yeah, totally randomly. They go off and they try and get him in a tank, but then the tank's kind of out of control, and Astro Boy needs to save the day. And eventually he like <laughs> carries the tank into the sky and shoots it with his <laughs> butt crack machine gun. Yeah, he's got bottom guns. <laughs> <laughs> I was very impressed. Astro Boy has a machine gun right up his tush. He's got uh, one on each each cheek, I think. I think there are two. Mm-hmm. And he's got nipple guns too. We saw those. He does. He's got those he, nips, those nip shooters. And every when every one of his limbs is a jet. He probably does have like teeth weapons. So <laughs> I yeah. thought my shooting from the hip gag was funnier than the teeth one, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. I don't know, viewers. You decide. Text you guys Rory decide. or Austin to <laughs> tell America I, what you tell think. America whose joke was the best. <laughs> oh, when Astro Boy is malfunctioning again, we was talking about. Uh, there is a very a, another funny, very expected joke, but I I laughed nonetheless when he just walks straight through a cronking wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It all it all serves to just underscore, you know. Astro Boy didn't ask to be born like this. He's a very no. kind soul. He's got way too much power. Things are beyond his control. And people, as we see in the second like chunk of the episode, people are initially constantly distrustful of him because he's a robot. You know, it's the yeah. prejudice angle of this whole this whole uh, allegory. And it's interesting. And, uh, after, but after he defeats the tank. Yeah, his t- dad is in the hospital. His dad's in the hospital. And he wants to travel. So th- there's an implication here. There's a bit of a PR nightmare going on. His dad is the minister of science technology and he stole a robot and it terror and it's from the public perspective. It sort of terrorized downtown Tokyo. Yeah. yeah now everybody knows about him. Yeah. So they're trying to get out of Dodge. And Dr. Boynton immediately turns into a real crabby butt fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. this guy's a so real in, asshole it, of a sudden. This was this was a turn that now. We got a glimpse of him, not necessarily as a bad guy, but the lengths he was willing to go and the madness he had descended into in mm-hmm. the creation of Astro Boy. Um, I would say the 60s one did a little bit better job setting up the fact that he is not a um, benevolent father. 
right right uh that this that this god is a is a is a uh his his love is not uh unconditional right yeah he um we thought maybe you know when he first gets the kid when he wakes up that oh maybe this kid will be good for him maybe it's maybe this will be good maybe <laughs> this will be healthy for him uh and no <laughs> uh not really no he he just became bitter Real but it bitter. is a it is a cool examination of the sort of Dr. Frankenstein type that holds it that sort of that holds the character up to a, a higher degree of um, um, scrutiny scrutiny. Exactly. Like this is not you are not some sort of, you know, precious, in, you know, intellectual snowflake. You are a person who has done something bad, not only to your family, but with the technology you were trusted with. And you're not a good person. Yeah. yeah. Everything that you're complaining about to your child who's doing something wrong, like, you put it there. Like, you did it. <laughs> you like, put those guns is, in him, yeah. This is all your fault. Like, and he raised him. He taught him everything he knows. Yeah. If, he's, if right. he's deficient in some way, socially or whatever, that's your own goddamn fault. Yeah, you did which this. Which is kind of a commentary on parenting as well. Mm, look at all the commentary that's happening. Wow. Uh in the interest of time, we should uh, quickly talk about the boat sequence at the end of this episode. Right. So they're on this like big ocean liner, uh, like a fancy, fancy ocean liner Which, cruise ship. And I would ag- I would again sort of mention here the um, the reexamination of the, the sort of techno utopia. If you're going to this cruise ship is a lot kind of like the, the ship from Wally. Which obviously they this would yeah. be would predate it, but that kind of sort of uh, all all your all your needs are cared for by the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. praise the boat, praise boat. I'll praise, say, the, I'll praise the boat. It also reminded me a little bit of of that that uh, sad boat, the Titanic. That um, sad boat, the Titanic. That people thought was going to be a big technological marvel, and then it killed everybody. That is a very good comparison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killed everybody. Because they do <laughs> run into an iceberg. Yeah. Well, they almost do. Almost. Astro Boy um, saves everyone. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, 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 like the, the which modern... is a great reversal on on yeah on history and sort of revisionist um, uh, positivity and optimism. And I thought uh-huh. that was a great moment. Yeah. But so robots aren't allowed on the boat. Yeah, I and guess there's they, lots of snooty fuckers. Developed a really strict robot policy. I thought this was one of the first robots that they had made, but I guess I guess not. I think, a, this uh, is the first. I think they have now. What we have lost in the translation in the 60s and 80s one is differentiating robots from a sort of Asimovian. Um, just machine. Humanoid. Humanoid robotic sort of yeah. uh, semi, uh, semi, okay. semi-AI. You know, gotcha. as opposed to, you know, like the... <laughs> The giant cargo loader robot, or the the drone, or whatever you know, these are pe- these are ones that look like people, and that's I, you know that's spooky. I get that that's spooky, but you know he's also like a little boy, and you feel for him. Yeah, um, you especially feel for him because he's trying to be nice at dinner and trying to mind his own uh, manners and everything, and he can't help it. He's a robot, and he's embarrassing his father, and his father's being real snappy and angry, and you know like. Then he's like, uh, you're not my son. He goes real extreme. <laughs> yeah. He goes real extreme. Uh, you're not my son. Get the fuck out of here. And right at that time is when Spooky spooky Circus Man just sort of slides right on in and is like, oh, a vulnerable robot child. Yeah, we have a, a strange Circus Man slides into his DMs and <laughs> just scoops him right up. 
hey, having dad problems, I can be your new dad. And this was also in the 60s version. They have a sort of similar slimy capitalist swine uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) type character who, who, yeah, represents uh, this sort of evil that 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 money presents in in this sort of socialist utopia. It's a real it's a real Dumbo kind of scenario here. Yeah, I was going to say Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Um, Very Pinocchio full Pinocchio. I know Tezuka's original idea was to kind of do like a 21st century reverse Pinocchio was kind of in the sixties. He goes to the, what is the Island of lost toys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. As, as, as part of the, as part of the, the pilot episode. Uh, Yes, yeah, so so the last the last chunk of of stuff that happens is that the the boat's gonna hit an iceberg and Astro Boy in a feat of heroism gets out and just sort of chucks his body at all these icebergs and destroys them like crazy, shatters them into ice dust. Uh, but it really really tuckers him out. He's extremely exhausted by the end of it. Yeah, and uh, in that moment, the evil circus man is like, "Hey, yep." And he just sort of picks up our robot friend and puts yeah, him in a chest. Boy in a box. <laughs> put the boy in a box. And it's so sad because Astro Boy is like, you know, folded up on himself and he's trying to call for yeah. his dad, but he can't speak very loud because he's so tired from saving everyone. And right. his dad's looking for him. And that's kind of where we end, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's that's true. There's an interesting, I would say, full circleness here where if in the show is about the the rejection uh, of the son from the father uh in this episode compared to the 60s one there's a rejection a literal rejection of the son to the father um in the sense that in the 60s episode uh his the father sells astro boy uh oh wow. yes it, yes and it's and it's dark and it's it just straight up sells him just right away right in that moment where he's like i don't love you he just goes he goes and puts an ad out on craigslist for <laughs> is, is basically what happens and in robot this one child Astro, who wants a robot child this one says you know what we we don't have the same perspective on dr well dr boynton in this one Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, we also don't they can it. say something about stranger danger, which was a yeah, very important sure. thing to to talk about in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an interesting start. I mean, like we said, there's a lot of content to cover because it, it crammed two episodes into one. A lot of and content it's... in one episode. There's a ton of context related mm-hmm. to uh, all the pre- preceding material. But it's it's a it, it's a really it does a really good job to uh, of setting up the the world so that we kind of understand where it is and you know, in a way that's understandable for kids, kind of gets the politics in play, too. Yeah, yeah, it's nuanced material. Uh, which we're not used to here. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks so much for your service, Dr. Tezuka. Hey, Austin. Yes. Uh, uh, wow, we we'll, we'll, we'll had some lag. Jeez, Louise, just, maybe don't be such a don't be such a butthole about it and just get to your ad. No, it's just lag really sucks when you're playing fighting games, and I know how much Austin loves playing fighting games, right? I do love playing fighting games. Kick punch, watch out, grapple. He's Who got knows? The, he's got those red. He's got red thumbs for playing fighting games all day. Yeah, well, there's there's got a, those funny cartoon red thumbs. There's a new one coming out. You know, they've tried a lot of iterations of this, but I think they're really hitting pay dirt here. Can you tell me about the new fighting game, Marvel vs. Veggie Tales? This is a brand new game. This is a very hot property. Uh, this has been about 20 years in the making, 20 years in the making, uh, cause the VeggieTales canon has really been looking to come back in a very big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
VeggieTales or VT. Uh, they they were lying dormant for a little while, you know. They they got in with the the Lord's good word, um, and they were like, you know what, man? God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in Him, Jesus, may not be lost but have eternal life. John three sixteen. And they were like, you know what? We need to get that get that message to the world. We need to spread that message to the world. And you know who's gonna do it? You know what's hot right now? Those Marvel cartoons, those Marvel characters that fly around. And you know what? How much how much efficient would it be if they could fly around and fight evil the way they normally do, but they also spread the word of Jesus Christ? Well, and they okay. just fly around and do that. So I love so that. here's what. So how do you how do you get how do you get that into hands? What's hotter than what's hotter than any other game right now? Virtua Fighter. <laughs> what what's hotter than any other game? Soul Calibur. Uh and and other games where you punch and kick and grapple. Yeah. And and hit the turbo button. And so they get they get those great characters like Larry, uh, who is a vegetable, and they Soul fight. Calibur's Larry. <laughs> <laughs> they they get the Veggie Tales, the character Larry uh, from Veggie Tales, and those other fun characters uh, who haven't decomposed yet. The vegetable and men and women. The vegetable men and women, um, and uh, they come in and fight. And if they can beat a Marvel character in the battle, then the Marvel character has to accept the Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> into their heart. <laughs> And that's sort of the way you win is by slowly converting every member of the Marvel stable uh, into a into a beautiful Christian. Even Venom. Yeah, even Venom. When Venom absorbs Christ into into his body, into the, the symbiote. He takes Christ fully within his body. <laughs> takes the body of Christ right on in. Yeah, takes that body of Christ, and then he goes out and gets his fun tongue all over the world. <laughs> So praise Christ, uh, praise Almighty Christ, and this, the fun Marvel Comics lineup, Excelsior. Uh, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, Excelsior, praise the Lord. Thanks, Andy, Austin. say it too. Yeah. Say it Excelsior, too. praise the praise. Lord. Good. Praise him. Praise him. I, I, like, I like to praise him. I like, I like not even telling you who, because you just got to know. You just got to know. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These were the ingredients chosen to create the perfect little girl. But Professor Utonium accidentally added an extra ingredient to the concoction, Chemical X. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born! Using their ultra superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to fighting crime and the forces of evil! All right! Thanks for sticking with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're Saturday Morning Tuesdays still. We're that show that you, if you've forgotten for that from that very long ad break and you thought... A new show would come on because it's all. When is it going to be eight thirty already? And I can just watch my stories. But <laughs> right now, right now we're still. It's still the wheel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is a fun new. Theme. This is this is this has gone way too far off topic to be where just old people are complaining about having to watch the wheel instead this of the stories. This is where we've left school, I guess, and, we've and we're left. at home now <laughs> with our stepmom. <laughs> we're just watching no, no, reruns no. of Jeopardy. We just rewatch. No, well, it's not reruns of Jeopardy. You've... Anyway, 
It's the wheel, because Jeopardy's on at 7, and the wheel's on at 7.30. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other show that we decided to watch for this arc? Well, this is the time that we chose to watch Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. And we chose to watch the first episode of Powerpuff Girls, number one, Monkey See Doggy Doe. Starting things off with a poop joke. Starting things off with good. a poop joke. Mm, poop, doggy poop, poop. Doo. I'm a doggy and I'm just going to pop, 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 squeeze out a couple little DTs. No. Doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, tell us about what happens this episode. Mojo Jojo robs a magical Anubis head and unleashes a curse that ta- that turns everyone into dogs, including the Powerpuff Girls. But the three sniff out a solution and show Mojo Jojo that their bite is worse than his bark. Ooh, woof, woof. I love these dog puns. I really enjoyed watching this show growing up. Me too. Uh, this is one of those shows that you know, I was a I poor little boy and had no some cable. of us did watch. Yeah, Rory, you did not watch it, but no, I, I was forced to sit in a cardboard box and await the new sunrise. <laughs> I very much I spent my evenings. Your parents said, "Imagine a Powerpuff <laughs> Girl. Just go imagine one in your cardboard box." This was Gremlin rules for me growing up. Yeah, I adored this show. Um, I was mm-hmm. a big Cartoon Network kid. Um, and so I watched, it was a lot of this, it was Dexter's Lab. Yeah, and, and this was, this was a, a strange show for me because, uh, I think my mom was kind of wary of it because it does kind of ride a strangely violent edge. Uh, it can. It, it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's not Ren and Stimpy levels of, of like inappropriate, but like, you know, it But they're playing hints. with the boundary. They play a little. I mean, in the intro, we see them punch. We see them punch him, our devil character, and uh, you know, blood and a tooth fly out of his mouth. That's yeah, true. and 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 just in the in just in the the credits alone, plus with what I know from from you guys, is a uh, slightly at least slightly problematic rogues gallery. Yeah, definitely slightly of, problematic. Of, of them sort of of them sort of playing with the burlesque and the risque mm-hmm. uh, in ways that have maybe not as aged as well as we w- might have hoped. Yeah, they definitely test some limits. I think this show was really important for a lot of young folks, though. Um, and I remember, you know, this is important for me, too, because this was a show that at my age, um, I could wholeheartedly endorse with female leads. Yeah, sure. And I think it was one of the first shows that felt genuinely felt like to everybody who watched it that it was not a gendered show. You know, it's well, and even if, the and even if it Puff girls, right? And even if it were that it was a, for lack of, I'm not saying it was a specifically boys show, but let's call it a. It's got the same sort of tone and feel as a boys show, mm-hmm. um, with just but just with girls in charge, right? And even though it did have pink everywhere and hearts and everything, it was still it's pretty badass. It was badass, yeah. you know, and and I think that was not easy to do. I, I don't remember other shows. Around the time, I think you know, other kids a decade earlier would watch Shira. Yeah, um, but again, know, that kind of goes to what you're build. saying about like that's a show built for girls, right? It was billed as sort of the the female version of He Man. You know, hey, I mean, we made one for and... you too. You can have this one. Here's yours. It's like ours, but you have to do it a different time, than... right? <laughs> right. And so this was there wasn't a boy version of the Powerpuff Girls. This no. was it. Like this was the show as a standalone had... show. As a standalone show, it had like great writing. It had great villains. It was funny. Uh, I gotta say, I love the theme song to this show. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it gets you so hype so fast. Uh, it's got the I'm 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 not positive on this, but I'm pretty positive. <laughs> I'm not positive, but I'm pretty positive. Not positive How's that? Pretty positive. How's that for some good language? Uh, the 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 drum beat that they use is like a sped up sample from the Amen break, which is like oh, the, yeah. the most often used drum sample in hip hop. Maybe the most sampled thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or imitated at the very least, you know the cat cat that that whole thing that they're the, doing. The the first thing you learn to play, you play on the drums. If yeah, you're, mm-hmm. if you're a little boy trying to, or girl, but I only just know a bunch of boys playing dr- playing that on the drums. Yeah, uh, and you know to set that behind a whole bunch of you know like we get we learn the 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 mythos of the show. It's 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 definitely like uh, hearkening back to the 80s in terms of telling you the premise of the show in the intro so that they don't have to bother well, with it. And when you pair that with the announcer, it's harkening back even well before that to like the 30s to like Superman, like old black and white Superman cartoon. Yeah, or like the Super Friends, you know, meanwhile at the Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. This, this whole this yeah. whole tradition of having a, a an ever-present uh narrator announcer character. but then a right hammy, away a hammy announcer with the right away like his very first line though he catches himself because it's nighttime and starts whispering yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so it it, it 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 really does it does from the very first line say we know what this is and mm-hmm. it's a parody mm-hmm. right exactly yeah and so yeah he sets up the sugar spice and everything nice yeah, um, maybe maybe for people who aren't particularly familiar with Powerpuff Girls, like the the general premise is just that uh, you know the very kindly pipe smoking Professor Utonium uh, has in the past somehow created through using sugar spice and everything nice uh, and the and the accidental ingredient of Chemical X these three super powered young girls that he has raised as his own. Um, right. Again, and sort he of didn't turn real girls into superheroes. They just sort of erupted from the ether from <laughs> yeah. nothing. And you know, in a in a parallel to Dr. Boynton from the Astro Boy episode that we watched, you know, Boynton is grieving the loss of his very real son and needs to fill this void, but Professor Utonium has never had children. And yeah, is, as far as we know. Right, right. Um he's uh, a single single guy who I guess he wanted to make girls. You know, I mean he wanted to just make three girls um, we wanted some the perfect little <laughs> girls, and then he didn't count on adding chemical X into the mix, hence the superpowers. But he was just a, a lonely guy who wanted children, and I guess didn't have any other way of making them. <laughs> I mean, I so much knowledge, but he didn't learn about human sexuality. Right. Uh, so the general plot of this one uh, involves probably the most recurring villain of this entire show uh mm-hmm. who's mojo jojo who's just a, a delightful character i love him i grew up with him as like i i was a huge fan of his i would laugh a lot at his monkey shines uh <laughs> also as a kid i went through a big yeah. monkey phase so like monkey <laughs> characters no monkeys no, he, just no. elaborate please you went through a monkey face. <laughs> I went like, through a big monkey face. I had a lot of collecting stuffed monkeys. I just learned a lot of hair I didn't expect. You know, different I types of monkeys. A, pre- a prehensile tail um, <laughs> that had to get removed. My mom had to stop me from throwing all my poop everywhere. Uh, eating bananas, eat geek. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Mojo Mojo's a strange one. His dialogue patterns are 
hilarious. He's clearly based like on speed racer tropes of like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people who have to talk really fast and they talk a lot to fill up the space because it looks oh, like they're I talking must do really this. Fast. This is what I must do. The yeah. thing that I will be doing is now this. Yeah, he just like he restates everything that he says about three times in different syntax. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very fun to listen to, uh, but he's also kind of doing like a vague Japanese accent. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, I think it's one of those things here where it's there is a there's something to be said for sort of hacky Japanese or especially Japanese. But, you know, hacky accent work is 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 territory you want to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caveat I'll say is when you're using an ape character, it's best to destroy any illusion of which direction this could easily have been pointed. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the thing that I really like about Mojo Jojo too, is that his character essentially isn't a parody of something. It's, Correct. it's just its own unique thing. It's a monkey with a large brain. Case. And, and like, and like you said, with the, um, with the reference to Speed Racer, uh, his, his, it, it, it's always one of those things with accents in comedy where there's a certain, if you're not putting somebody down, he's not somebody, he's not a bumbling foreigner who just doesn't get our ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's and also, and yeah, it, it's not a, it's not a obscene caricature of the few ways that they mispronounce English. Yeah. I don't think uh-huh. having an accent is inherently not funny. And no, you can especially play with, when paired with something that isn't identifiable, right? Like, He's a he's a he's a character that took more than one thought or one yeah, uh, basic yeah, yeah, yeah. transposition of like, hey, what if he's a clown and then he's also French? You know, like it wasn't like, yeah, put two things together. It was like, I'm just going to build a character based on different traits. And one of my favorite characters of all time is Khan uh, Supanusimpon of King of the Hill. Yes. Uh, who is both Laotian, which is not something we're really familiar with when it comes to stereotyping in America. <laughs> right. But he is also the embodiment of the sort of uh, he is the hyper American character besides the ways the King of the Hill, you know, besides you play with the fact that they're sort of right leaning folks. Khan mm-hmm. is Khan is a sort of rich, hyper uh, hyper consumerism driven inversion of the American dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and without that getting makes up too high it- of a on my no. own supply about king of the hill that is an, <laughs> an important an important distinction when you deal with with caricature my favorite part about mojo jojo is that his lair is a big observatory on a spooky mountain that's literally just in the middle of a park in the center of town <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's always been my favorite part of mojo jojo like they know where he is later when they find out that mojo jojo's behind the plot they don't have to be like, oh, gotta go find him. They know where he lives. Yeah, we, we, it's just not this origin story of this of this villain. We start off; they already know who he is and where he is. Yeah, it's very funny. It's a very funny episode. They do they do lots of good gags uh, in this mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, yeah. When the when the professor turns into a puppy, he still has his his pipe. Very good, very funny. <laughs> and the yeah. way he the way and he, he does his he dog his, sounds. And his, his his dog bark is a sort of transatlantic bark bark woof. Woof 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 bark. Bow wow wow. <laughs> yeah. Bow wow bow. <laughs> Say everybody's turning into dogs. Let's explain what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's an artifact that's been stolen from the museum. Uh, this uh, head statue of Anubis. Um, and also the Anubial jewels <laughs> have also yeah. been stolen. Yeah, I'm not sure about that adjective form. 
Yeah. <laughs> a new meal. <laughs> uh, but when put together with the jewels and the eyes of the statue, it becomes a powerful magical artifact that can shoot laser beams that turn people into dogs. Because Anubis <laughs> is the god, Egyptian dog god. It just um, sounds so Egyptian much like a dog god. Like a strange, like a freakazoid plot or something. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a strange mystical artifact that turns people into dogs. I guess I'm thinking about that because of the episode where Loeb has that that fog that turns people into clowns. <laughs> like, it's just so out of the fucking realm of possibility. Well, I, it's so it's great. True. I would probably give this one the benefit of the doubt that they are really pushing at the boundaries of cartoon logic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's needlessly obtuse, right? Where, where he wants to turn everybody into dogs. Now that everybody's dogs, you would think he could just do the crimes he wants to do by himself. So the fact right. that he then trains the people dogs to be his crime dogs is such an ex- is such an exploration to extra steps. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. What is it? That he said he's. It's my favorite line in the whole episode. That's just. It's such a perfect example of how Mojo Jojo talks when he gets all. He has this whole like horde of people that have turned into dogs, and he says. He, he tells them all to heal, and he says, I, Mojo Jojo, am your master, and you shall obey my commands like the dogs you are, because I am your master. It is I who you will obey. Obeying commands is what you will do. I will give you commands, and you will obey them. <laughs> like It's pretty good. It's, it's just, so good. It, I don't... They, they wrap that into every aspect of what he does, and he just feels well, so... Well, there's a visual gag, too, where he takes the jewels out of the crystal, or out of the, like, dog head, mm-hmm. and he's... He turns them like a radio dial, uh, <laughs> like he's got to tune them, but but he's got them right over his nipples. So while he's doing his like waxing poetic about all the crime he's going to do, he's sitting there like tweaking his his nipples in in essence. And I, I imagine I that was I'm that. A, I think it was intentional. Or oh, you didn't notice that? No, I didn't. I think you saying they didn't. I think they did. I think they were yeah. aware of I'm how, sure they probably how nipple tweaking he is in his in his uh, in his caricature. What do you think Mojo yeah. Jojo's like? Yeah, I think he's a real nipple tweaker. He is. He's just sitting there just tweaking his nips about how how dope it's going to be when everybody's a dog. Uh, when everything breaks loose and all the dogs start doing crimes and stealing jewels for him over across town, uh, there's a scene that, like, there's they're, like, robbing banks and stuff, and one of them steals a car, and a bunch of other dogs, like, hop in the car, and they're doing a joyride. And not to say it again in the same episode, but it made me think of Rude Dog and the Dweebs. (laughs) I have that written down. I'm pretty sure that's why I thought of it before, because it was fresh on my mind, but I'm pretty sure that was a reference to Rude Dog and the Dweebs. (laughs) Just a bunch of rude dogs driving a car down the road. Copping a major tood. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. You're probably not familiar with the show, which is a good listener, but... You could Google it if you want. Yeah, um, you, you live your own life. Learn more about Rudok and the Dweebs. <laughs> uh, okay, turn so, back now. You've been warned. <laughs> the The way that they figure out that it's Mojo Jojo is that uh, the professor finally, as a dog, tells them, and he says, "Bow wow wow wow," and they, of course, Blossom, the main character Blossom, of course, realizes that it's uh, that he's saying Mojo Jojo, but he's a dog. It's a very funny ga- a gag. Good, yeah, good, I mean, good dog what humor. we have the body of this <laughs> episode very good dog too, humor. <laughs> the body of this episode is a fun uh, build in the chaos of everybody in the town turning into dogs. Um, and so the Powerpuff Girls are sort of going from place to place. They get a call from the mayor, uh, a fun character in this show, uh, Tom Kenny. Yeah, uh, 
who his body has been turned into a dog, but his head is still up there. <laughs> um, and it's a reveal. He comes from behind his desk, and then he's got like a little tiny, you like, know, dachshund body. A little dachshund yeah. body. <laughs> um, he's like, "Help us! Help us!" You know, turning into dogs. Um, and Miss Vel, Miss Bellum, Vellum? yeah, Miss Bellum, Miss Bellum, Miss Sarah Bellum. Bellum. Yeah. Oh. Oh, very funny. Good pun. Yeah. Good pun. Because she's Normally the smart one. Off clap. Normally, we don't see her face uh, in any other episode, but in this case, we see her face because it is a dog face, <laughs> uh, and not like a weird, rude, not, like, not, no. like a weird seventies, you know, man, like insult, like oh, what a dog face. Uh, you know, it's literally the face of a dog. Um, I'm not even being insulted. <laughs> just had the face of a dog. <laughs> I mean, dogs are cute, so I don't understand why that's supposed to be an insult. Dogs are um, woof woof very cute. Dogs are woof woof very cute. Kiss kiss delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a this is a really fun show. I'm I'm glad that we're watching some of it. Uh, you know, this was just a shorty, a little 11 minute episode. Uh, but it was the very first episode that was aired of the show. Uh, so it was most people's first look at it. This probably wasn't the first episode that they made. Oh, I, I get that feeling too. It, yeah, it, because, it was especially pilot. because it doesn't feel like a pilot at all. They're already breaking conventions that yeah. haven't been established yet. Sure. Right. Uh, for example, one you see Miss Bellum's face, uh, which we ha- hasn't been established that we never see her face. No, she's very like a Home sure. Improvement Wilson scenario. Right, but the fact that we see her face in this one because the dog face isn't a payoff yet. Because no. Normally, that would be a thing we just have already learned. It'd be like if the face. very first time we met Wilson in the first episode, if he like popped up behind the fence and he's wearing like a spooky Halloween and then mask, pulled his face off. And you're like, right? <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> what's happening? Yeah, like we don't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense yet. Yeah, I know. I know right. for a fact that this wasn't the first one that they made. Right, uh, and then at the end of the episode too, the narrator every time he says, "And once again, the day was saved thanks to the Powerpuff Girls." But in this, he's been turned into a dog. The narrator himself was turned into a dog so he starts with oh whoa 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 oh wait sorry uh once again the day was safe you know yeah yeah so they, they're playing with convention that hasn't been made yet mm-hmm. i think that's an if it comes to i know this wasn't a true pilot but when it comes to a first episode i think they do a lot of work sure they missed some of the gag jokes that you mentioned you know they uh but like i said the very first line establishes an awareness of the genre Mm-hmm. And the very last one establishes that the canon will reset. Right. So yes. I think they, you, you, it was a, a really intelligent choice to, to make. This was the first episode. Bring, bring, bring. That's the end of all of our classes for the day. We've done a lot of hard work cooking uh, and, and cooking striving. up our goose. Yeah, cooking, cooking our gooses and taking our different classes and, and struggling to be seen by all of our senpais. Hey, I just want it to be known that I didn't take it to this place. <laughs> no, we know. We know. I you made us watch of... Food Wars, so it is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, 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 you know, push your, push my buttons here. I'll make another anime special. Or, or you guys don't to... push my buttons or I'll, <laughs> I'll have to splash anime all over the place. <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to spray, oh boy. spray you with my anime juice. Um, oh. Speaking of speaking of mixing juices together, we've, uh, <laughs> let me take that. We're again, having a kid. <laughs> no. uh, 
So, we, you know, we've combined two flavors together today at mm-hmm. school. Two, two tastes that taste great together. Uh, <laughs> Astro Boy and Powerpuff Girls. Uh, yeah, Astro Boy is sweet and the newer. sour of Powerpuff Girls. Um, you know, these are super kids. Um, you know, these are these are created children that fight crime uh, because of their incredible bodies. Well, yeah, I mean, they both they both play with that. That's in the final cut. That's in the final cut. That's our bumper. We're going to put that at the front of the episode. It's just awesome. Yeah, we'll take it out of context and just put it out there into the world. Just because of their Um, incredible bodies, incredible bodies, incredible bodies. We heard Austin say not all men earlier, and that'll be a that'll be heavily featured. (laughs) No. So so what I think is interesting is that, uh, you know, Powerpuff Girls, it takes nothing necessarily super direct from Astro Boy, but in a, you know, a stylistic way and structure kind of way. I think you can especially see the DNA. with with the yeah. uh, the blonde girl. And I'm sorry, the fact that they all have similar names makes it very hard for me to keep. You're talking about Bubbles. Which, sure, Bubbles. Uh, and I'll do my best to to maintain order. But the three B all anyway. Uh <laughs> Uh, Bubbles, I think, is the clearest delineation from from Astro Boy as we play the most with her childlike innocence. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. And, and Tara Strong just has like the perfect like squeaky, excited girl voice. It's just amazing. <laughs> I love I love Bubbles' portrayal. Yeah, there are also definitely the aesthetic of Powerpuff Girls is definitely trying to yeah yeah you use... on on the style that was established in both Astro Boy and yeah like the old. You can uh, definitely animated. you see the DNA and then it's it's clear in the image we made for the show for the episode right uh-huh. that, like it's an idealistic... there's no there's no denying that it's that it's that it's intentional yeah right it's this like idealistic fifties sixties mm-hmm. um simpler time of superheroes of you know the day was saved you know like this is a time yeah. when you know. Frank Miller's, you know, been doing Dark Knight for, you know, <laughs> like it's, it, you know, superheroes aren't just the the whiz pow bubblegum stuff it used to be, you know, right. like, but and this is, but it returns you know, to intentionally that. returning to that. And and it's having a, a bit of a ribbing of that style and, and using that simplicity. So I'm excited to watch some more. This is this is an interesting, uh, interesting pairing. Uh, it's a little new for us, I think, on this show to watch. Uh, especially two things side by side that are both kind of objectively good. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how our how our discussions sort of continue to go in the next few weeks. You know, because we're, yeah. we're planning we'll, on doing we'll like a you know limited run. Astro Boy delivers consistent quality, or if it you know kind of <laughs> and we've and we've and we've heard Andy now admit that Sonic the Hedgehog was not good, and now that is <laughs> now that is immortalized. I want you to and... know that I never said those words in that order. <laughs> Oh, you never said what words in what order? Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Oh, I almost fell right into my trap. <laughs> You've activated my trap card. I play Pot of Greed. Oh, Andy, I'm so sorry, but that's anime, and you are you almost did it. You almost did it. It allows me it. to draw two new cards. You start spouting Yu-Gi-Oh bullshit in our podcast, in our podcast. You come into our house, and you activate your trap card. <laughs> And now we have to turn off the radio for everyone. Oh God! Yeah, How many demerits do I get? Look, you that's get a, a lot. thousand demerits. That's a thousand <laughs> demerits. <laughs> the scale is so yeah. We tried. We, tri- we tried being fair and balanced like Fox News, and it didn't have the curbing effect we hoped for. So guess what? 
Now we're going to be like that fake news over at MSNBC and just give you a thousand. <laughs> we're, we're setting a precedent here so that we hope you, it will never continue. But we're being harsh on you, um, like say a judge because, would be. Because we want you to be better. Right. And we oh. know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, oh we're locking you up for life in the form of a thousand demerits. There's right. no coming out of this hole. Yeah, also, it. you've been uh, expelled from cooking school. Ah. Cooking high school. So it's just going to be Rory and I uh, forever <laughs> cooking fun things into the sunset. Uh, all right, guys. I'm so glad you guys stuck around. We 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 love and appreciate each and every one of you like the like the the golden like the golden sun drops you you all are <laughs> we we just we, we we are very we're just blessed we're hashtag blessed about it so <laughs> we can we can't even begin to express how glad we are you're here with us on this journey yeah thanks so much for listening to our first episode of season three our super kids episode we're really excited to try these new formats it's really fun it's very cool uh and we want to thank our sponsor today that was uh marvel versus VeggieTales, a great video game you should check it out in stores now yeah uh if you're uh you know if you're really jiving on our stees then uh find us on them socials you can go to that instagram or the or the tweets or the faces and we got a website at sadamtuesdays.com. Go find us on iTunes. Give us a big five-star rating and tell everyone how sexy we are. And, you know, just keep on listening. And that's about it for us this week, uh, my, my precious sun drops. And we'll, uh, <laughs> next week we're going to do the, do the second episode of Astro Boy. We're going to do, we're going to do episode 2B of, uh, of Powerpuff Girls. And uh, it's going to be great. <laughs>